0: to the Mariners Podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganassius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today I thought we would take a break from the Mariners Major League Madness uh, that ensued over the last couple of days uh, and focus a little bit on the Mariners minor league system. This will be my first uh, Mariners top 10 that I'm doing for the pod. I think it's important to, as a Mariners fan, uh, to be aware of who the Mariners have in their system in part, because obviously they're the future, but also because of times like these where the Mariners clearly need to trade for a bat or two. And uh, those trades most likely will include uh, some of the Mariners' top prospects. So important to know what's going out. Also important to know what the backfill situation looks like uh, for some of the uh, positions on the Mariners. So I like doing minor league stuff. Uh, It's interesting. It requires a lot more scouting because there's a lot less advanced data available to the general public with regards to these players' but it's fun to watch film and it's fun to uh to kind of to scout on your own i encourage anyone who's interested in that sort of thing to just start pulling uh youtube clips and uh video on mlb.com of these players and you can really put together a pretty decent scouting report by doing it uh minor league rankings i should do a quick primer are a big subject for me because as i've said on previous podcasts Uh, the minor league rankings that we see as the public looking at um, specific websites like baseball prospectus, MLB pipeline, uh, fan graphs, really any of the sites that do minor league rankings, real bleacher report, uh, really everybody does them are snapshots in time, right? You're looking at that particular system in that moment. And while I think that is, an important tool, it's not in my mind the way to judge uh, a team's ability to develop talent and develop players because if you look at the Mariners and where they're ranked by a lot of the major outlets, the Mariners aren't ranked very high right they're they're in many many people have made the case to me that you know the Mariners are ranked below 20. And so what do the Mariners have to trade and what are the Mariners doing wrong? And what I point to is more player development over time, right? So major, well, minor league rankings are a tool looking at a team overall, who the, who are the players that they have developed? Who are the players that they've traded away? And to see if teams or organizations are able to create uh create talent and assets um, through the draft and through international signing. So as an example, you know, if the Mariners are, Mariners are ranked, you know, let's say somewhere between 20 and 30 by most rankings of the Mariners current roster, the players that you could say were developed either through draft or signing or traded for as a minor leaguer and, um, and made into a major leaguer by the Mariners. In the pitching on the pitching staff, you've got Ty Adcock, who was acquired in the draft, Matt Brash acquired through trade, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller. Andres Munoz had a little bit of time with the Padres, but was seen as an un like kind of a, a unpolished gem But the Mariners turned into a, an elite eighth inning reliever. Tyler Saucito. Paul Seawald was kind of a cast-off. I I don't know if you could call that player development, but he certainly wasn't who he is now. Gabe Spire was a cast-off. Justin Topa was a cast-off. Ryan Wu was a draft pick. Cal Raleigh. Uh, You could make the case Ty France or J.P. Crawford were cast-offs who were supposed to be decent major leaguers who tanked with their original teams that the Mariners picked up. Jared Kelnick certainly was developed by the Mariners, Dylan Moore, and obvious, obviously Julio Rodriguez. So the core of the Mariners, the strength of the Mariners is player development. And so while the Mariners are not ranked highly by a lot of the uh, scout services, they're able to develop players. I don't think anybody in baseball would deba- debate that. The other part of the rankings are they have a lot to do with proximity. And so players are ranked higher as they get closer to the major leagues because there's lesser risk for injury, because the time period is going to be shorter, and there's more data and more opportunity to scout these players, so you feel more confident in making definitive statements about who these players will be. So because the majority of the Mariners' talent is in A-ball and rookie ball, it's going to take time for this wave of talent to uh, get closer to the major's. Therefore, they're going to be ranked lower. I think the Mariners have a ton of talent in the minor leagues. I think the Mariners have a ton of assets if they want to deal for specifically for a bat leading up to this deadline. So with that, we're kind of calibrated as far as how how I see this. Um, I'd like to get started. Uh, I do rankings for uh, Dynasty Baseball. And so I try to take that filter off and think a little bit more about defense um, and incorporate defense and in some of the, the more intangible qualities when doing these rankings versus doing uh, uh, fantasy baseball rankings. So my, I'm going to go through the top five in depth. Uh, I'll read off the top 10 and then a couple of players who are very close. Uh, number one is Harry Ford. Uh, by all respects, I think Harry Ford is the number one Mariners prospect um, with most folks. He's 20 years old. He was the Mariners' first-round pick in 2021 out of high school in Georgia. He is a catcher for now. Uh, I believe he'll stick at catcher for a number of reasons. Um, he could play second base. He has the arm to play third base. He also has the speed to play center field. Uh, he could be one of the more modern-day catchers that catches, you know, 30 to 50% of the time and plays in the field the other time. But for now – the Mariners will keep him at catcher because the defensive uh, value is highest there for him. I think he'll stay uh, as baseball changes, right? So this year there are many more stolen bases because of the two engagement rule. Um, There are many more stolen bases. So uh, catcher arm has become more valuable. The ability to throw runners out has become more valuable than it has been, I'd say in the last almost 20 years and then they're down the road in the next couple of years, we may see the introduction of, uh, robot umpires instead of humans to take away the error. And if that's the case, you know, Harry Ford's probably worst characteristic as a catcher is pitch framing. And that will be of essentially no value with robo ums. So if Ford was to come up, my ETA for him is 2025. If he was to come up in 25, one or both of those. Or the robo-omp change may be uh, implemented by then for one. And for two, at minimum, there will be more steals, meaning his his plus arm would be of value. Harry Ford currently is in high A. Uh, he's 5'10, 200 pounds, probably closer to 210 at this point. He's a bit of a, uh, built a bit like a fire hydrant. Uh, but his big, I guess, offensive calling card is his plate discipline. He takes a, ton of walks. Uh so far this season in 249 at bats, uh Harry Ford has eight home runs, 56 walks, 60 strikeouts and 14 stolen bases. So you're taught is such a unique player. He's a unicorn at catcher in that he's got this 400 plus on-base percentage. He hits for a good amount of power, but he's also a plus runner with 14 steals. I have his Tools from my scouting as a 55 hit. This is on the 2080 scale. 55 hit, which is slightly above average. 60 power, 60 speed, 70 plate discipline, which is something that I like to look at for hitters, and a 55 defense. I think at his peak, he would be a an, considered a, a offensive catcher or an elite offensive catcher uh, who plays average defense. He could make all-star games, um, specifically because it's so difficult to find offensive catcher. Uh, He has a bit of loft in his swing, and I think as he gets stronger, you might see more power from him even. He is a potential top 20 prospect for me. I have him just outside of the top 20, I believe, right now. And the comp that a lot of people have put out there for him, interestingly, is Craig Biggio. Now, Craig Biggio is a Hall of Famer not saying Harry Ford's going to be a hall of famer. I think the comp comes more from the conversations about Harry Ford moving to second base. uh, The fact that there's power and um, kind of unique speed from a player that can play an average defensive catcher. Uh, Obviously anything even remotely close to Craig Biggio would make the Mariners um, incredibly happy. So Harry Ford is the Mariners number one prospect in my mind. Uh, He does not have the highest upside of everybody on this list, but I like Harry Ford as a prospect quite a bit. And I think the hall for Harry Ford would be awesome. Uh, Could you trade Harry Ford for Jorge Soler? Um, I think the Marlins would listen, especially the fact that Soler has an opt out in 24. Would that be worth it to you as a Mariners fan? Uh, Ford and Cal Raleigh in the organization at the points that they are really set the Mariners catching position up to succeed for, um, for the next 10 years or so. Uh, my second rated player in the Mariner system is Jonathan Classe. He is an outfielder, switch hitter, uh, 21 years old. I believe he'll be up late in the year this year. I have his risk at mid. Sorry, I had Harry Ford's risk as high um, simply because he's that young and there are questions about whether he he remains at the position. Klasse uh, is a switch hitting outfielder who is playing center field currently um, takes pretty poor routes to the ball. And so you could potentially see him play uh, left field, I think down the road, but as of right now, he is a center fielder. He's listed at 5'9" nine-150. I would put him closer to 180. Um the A lot of those stats come from when they're first signed. He was a uh, signing in 2018 by the Mariners, Uh, I have his hit and power at 55 and his speed as a 70. He's a lot stronger than people think. The knock on Class A over the last couple of years as a prospect was that he was going to be a bat-to-ball speed threat with very little power to speak of. And as he's matured, gotten older, he's gotten stronger. And last year in Class A Modesto, Class A put up 16 home runs in 264 at-bats, which is very good. Uh, This season in A and AA, uh, Jonathan Classe is hitting 250 with a 365 on-base percentage and an 884 OPS. That near 900 OPS is due to 16 home runs in 264 at-bats. He also has 43 steals and 98 strikeouts, mind you. So you're talking about a player with swing and miss with the ton, you know, elite speed. Um, Again, I have his speed as a 70 and a lot more power than I think uh, prospectors saw from him and scouts saw from him when he was first signed by the Mariners. So what does Klaus say in the future? I think his upside is, I think his upside is 20, 40. I think there's 20 home runs in that bat. I certainly think there are 40 steals in his legs He projects to me as a very uh, offensive heavy left fielder um, kind of in the mold of a Shane Victorino or a Johnny Damon Uh, shout out Soto Mojo for, for the four comps they put up Uh, their comps were Victorino, Marquise Grissom, Kenny Lofton, and Johnny Damon. I think the Grissom and Lofton comps don't work for me because they were uh, elite defensive center fielders. Uh, Grissom took, some of the most incredible routes to fly balls that you would ever see in baseball. Um, I don't put Classe in that group. Uh, Victorino and Damon were more offensive, uh, smaller corner outfielders. That's what I see from Classe. I think you might see him in some uh, top 50 lists uh, at midseason. He's a bit of a pop-up in that he was kind of outside the top 10 um, with a lot of uh, rankings coming into this season. He's now clearly squarely in the top five. He was 12th uh, in the, the baseball prospectus rankings um, coming into the season. So Jonathan Classe has certainly has trade value um, explosive player, fun player. I would love to see Classe play um, in the outfield for the Mariners uh, and potentially move Kelnick to right field. If the Mariners were to sell, Uh, to tank and then sell um, potentially tail tail Hernandez going out for younger players. I could see class a being brought up in September um, if the Mariners were out of contention. So player to keep an eye on super fun. Um, Again, I really like the Victorino comp Uh, Victorino had some power and a ton of speed when he first came up in the major leagues. Uh, Class A is a fun one. Could he flame out and be a fourth outfielder because of the swing and miss? I certainly think that's a, a possibility as well. But he's my number two prospect for the Mariners. Number three is uh, Felnin Celestin. He is 17 years old. He's a shortstop. Uh, his ETA, in my mind, is 2026. He is as extreme of a risk as you could ever see it in a prospect in that he's 17 and just signed. 6'1", 175, Signed by the Mariners January 15th of 23 for $4.7 million. He was their number one international signing. Ranked number two in this class by a lot of folks behind catcher Ethan Salas for the Padres. Celestan is a switch hitter. Um, Just a quick twitch, explosive, as athletic as they come. Um, Currently, uh, I have his hit as 55. I think that hit could... Could go to 60, 65 if he has even better bat to ball than we think. His power, I have at 60. I could see that moving to a 65. His run is certainly a 65. It might even be closer to a 70. I think he's just a, a tick below Class A and probably the second fastest player in the Mariners organization. Plate discipline, we haven't really seen yet. He did play in a bunch of international tournaments. I did not watch those. So his discipline is TBD. And I think ultimately, he is a flashy shortstop who makes most of the routine plays, but I have his defense as a 60, which is above average, um, but not elite as of right now. Uh He could be 65s across the board. He could be a 65 hit, 65 power, 65 run type of player. There's 30-30 potential in him. Um He's confident, bordering on cocky. He knows he's good. And I think that the Mariners got a – you know, potential superstar in Celestin. He is injured right now. um, But this is a guy who in two years or a year and a half could be so good that you're looking at him as a potential top five prospect in baseball. I don't think that's um, blasphemous to say he's got that sort of talent. So keep an eye on him. Um, The comps that I, I didn't find a perfect comp for Celestin again, these comps are, are certainly players that are really have had incredible careers. And so it would be amazing to see him reach this, but he has some of the, I put Francisco Lindor and Jose Reyes, um, both switch hitters as well. He's not nearly the, uh, the fielder that Lindor is, uh, he's a little taller, I believe. Um, but he might be a more explosive athlete than Lindor. I also have Jose Reyes, who was shorter than Celestin, but had that power speed combo and, and was known for his physical explosion when he was young. Um, Celestin doesn't have the speed that Reyes does or Reyes did, um, but I like that comp. And then the other one was Hanley Ramirez. Um, Part of that is just kind of how Celestin carries himself. You know, Ramirez was smack in the middle of lineups, um, was feared by pitchers, you know, in his Marlins days, in his Red sox days hanley was was a top top player, um power speed, and Sellison has that in his bat. So uh, he's number three. I don't think the Mariners are trading him at this point in time. I don't know if they can based on when they signed him, um, but he is already for me a top prospect in the organization. at number four, I have Cole Young. He was the Mariners first round pick in 2022, 21st overall out of Pittsburgh Pennsylvania high school. 6 foot, 180. He's a left-handed hitting um middle infielder. He is a high floor, low ceiling type of player in my mind. Uh sweet swing from the left side. Uh very good hitter already. Has the potential to reach a 65 hit. Um his power is 55 currently. Mariners organization thinks he's going to put on a little bit of weight and hit for a little more power as he gets older. Uh, not an explosive player. I have his speed at 55, kind of the opposite of Celestin in that way. Um, Celestin is low floor, high ceiling. Cole Young is is high floor, low ceiling. Going to be a consistent defender in the middle infield. Um, can take a walk, has a good eye. I think at his absolute peak, he is a twenty twenty player. Um, I think you would, might see him settle in more as a 15 15 type player. He's a grinder. Uh, I don't think he's going to struggle against left handed pitching nearly as much as most left handers do. And he's a potential top or back end of the top 100 um, prospect probably end of this year, early next year. Uh, again, not the same ceiling as Celestin, but a very good player and a very good player to have on the team. The two current comps I have for Cole Young are Nico Horner and Bryson Stott. Horner is a second baseman for the Cubs. He was also a first round pick. Um, Doesn't hit for a ton of power, hits for a high average, steals some bases, plays consistent defense at second base. And Bryson Stott, who you could pretty much say the same thing about, isn't trying to hit for power, trying to hit for a higher average, very consistent player. Uh, Cole Young is a championship second baseman, is he going to separate himself and put himself at the top of the second base list? Is he Marcus Simeon? I don't think so. But I do think that he's an asset to the team. I think that he's going to be a very good player for years to come. Um, I also think he's well regarded in baseball. And so Cole Young is a player who could be included in in a trade for a bat now, especially given the depth that the Mariners have in the middle infield. Uh, Currently, Sorry, currently he is hit in single A. He's hitting uh, 268, 400 with an 830 OPS. He has four home runs and 16 steals in 68 games. The last player I will do a deep dive on is Gabriel Gonzalez. He's 19 years old. He was signed by the Mariners in 2021 for 1.3 million. Gonzalez is right-handed, both hitting and throwing. He's 5'10", 185. Man, good, really elite, not elite, sorry, plus hit tool. I have it at a 65. Bat-to-ball is very good. Um, Speed or power as a 60, speed as a 50, um, plate discipline as a 50. He's a pretty free swinger. And defense as a 50. Bat-to-ball skill, as I said, is plus. He's got very natural power um, in his swing. The ball really carries off of his bat. To me, he looks like a corner outfielder. I think he ends up 5'10", 200-plus pounds. He's got a big arm, um, makes sense to play right field. Reminds me a bit of Teo Hernandez in that sense. Um, His bat-to-ball skill is so good, his hit tool, that he is a potential top-20 prospect, uh, maybe mid-season next year, maybe end of next year, early uh, 2025. But – Gabriel Gonzalez is is a is a dude and um, big 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 bat offense first uh, corner outfielder. The comps I have a I have a higher ceiling. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is the right fielder for um, the Angels. Uh, Renfro has a huge arm, not a ton of range in right field, kind of a perennial twenty five to thirty home run, two fifty to two sixty five sort of hitter. Doesn't take a walk. Uh, I think Gonzalez is a better hitter than Renfro. Um, may end up with slightly less raw power. Uh, but again, big arm, very little range to speak of, big power, uh, great bat to ball. Other comps, Marcelo Zuna. I think Ozuna is a better hitter than people have given him credit for, um, free swinger. And then Joanna Cespedes is the other one for those who were fans of the A's um, back in the day. Cespedes also had. Uh, huge power, but was a better hitter than people gave him credit for. So Gonzalez is an asset. I think that um, teams that understand prospecting and understand young players would value Gonzalez's bat. All of these players, uh, with the exception of Celestin, I think you could see the Mariners deal um, without taking a huge hit to the system. Uh, the other players I have in the top 10, number six is Lazaro Montes. A uh, big, huge, uh, Cuban left-handed slugger, 18 years old, six, seven looks to be about 250 pounds as of right now was athletic enough before putting on weight to be a center fielder, believe it or not. Um, that time he was about six, four, uh, but looks to me to be a very much a first baseman at this point. He's an absolute lottery ticket, uh, but a huge bat. Interestingly, in 36 at-bats so far in rookie ball, he has the same, about the same number of strikeouts as walks, 12 walks, 13 strikeouts. So he's, you know, you hate to throw around the Jordan Alvarez comparison. He's Obviously, he's not Jordan, but big left-handed power that has that kind of um, bat to ball and lacking strikeouts, I think is... Is very exciting. Um, I'm not comping him to Alvarez at all, but I think Montes is a big prospect, both literally and figure, figuratively, who could ascend up the boards, uh, both major leagues and the Mariners very quickly with a good year this year. Number seven, Emerson Hancock was the first round pick of the Mariners, uh, number six overall, I believe, a couple of years ago out of Georgia. He's now 24. Uh, he's in Double A. He was. He's been injured quite a bit. Um, over the course of his minor league career uh, shoulder issue, which is not, not ever good for a pitcher, but he, and he also has, has gotten a lot fewer swings and misses than I think um, you one would expect for a pitcher that has a a mid nineties fastball, um, a very good slider and a good changeup. But there's a lot of tail on his, on his four seamer. Um, It tends to move or, it tends to move quite a bit like a uh like a two seamer when you watch him. He pitched in the futures game looked very good so far this year sixty five and a third innings fifty seven hits, thirty walks, which to me says that he's trying to shift a little bit how he is as a pitcher and uh and shoot for more strikeouts seventy four strikeouts this season, which is a much higher rate than he has been in the past. But he does have a 468 ERA and a 133 three whip, which is higher than he's been historically. Um, but Emerson Hancock is, you know, I think at his peak, a maybe a number three starter. Um, more likely I see four or five starter from Emerson Hancock. Uh, but still an asset to teams, especially considering he's 24. If you're a team that's not in contention, you know, you give him five to 10 starts at the end of this season, see what you have. And maybe you have a middle of the rotation starter moving forward and it might only cost you a, uh, a rental bat. Um, With regards to the walk rate. Yes. It's gone up each of the last three years, 21 through 23, 7.3%, 9.2% and 10.8% this year. But his strikeout rate is higher than it's ever been as well. So clearly he's looking to strike more batters out. Number eight, Freelander Barroa, uh, 23 years old, also in double-A. He is pretty much a reliever at this point. I think we saw that coming into the season. He did start in double-A as a starting pitcher for the first month or two. He's now exclusively a reliever. Huge fastball, wipeout slider, looks like your prototypical um, leverage reliever in, in the major leagues. Uh, Baroa is ready now as far as I'm concerned. I think he, if he's not traded, he will be an asset to the Mariners' bullpen uh, down the stretch, 40 innings, 27 hits, 30 walks, which is obviously a concern, but 62 strikeouts and uh, a 3.38 ERA as of right now. He was acquired in the Donovan Walton trade um, with the Giants a few years ago at the deadline. Uh, also, a lot of fun. Just you don't expect the kind of uh, fire to come out of his arm that that does, given the fact that he's 5'11", he's probably close to 200 pounds. Um, so yes, a 36% strikeout rate, uh, in the minor leagues this season for pre-launder Baroa. Number nine is Tyler Locklear, uh, Locklear. I've talked about as a Ty France replacement at some point in time, he's listed at first and third. I don't think he's a third baseman. Ultimately 6'1, 210, uh, right-handed hitter, uh, Drafted by the Mariners out of I believe Virginia Commonwealth, yeah, Virginia Commonwealth in the second round in twenty two. Um, tons of raw power. Uh, the comp for me was Ty France, and part of that is because of the the um, aggressiveness and the kind of not taking a ton of walks, but um, and a right hand shorter right handed first baseman but he's got a lot more raw than uh, raw power than Ty France ever has, and so that to me is an asset. He is only in high A this year. I would expect him to move to double A soon. He's hitting 311, 419, 991 in high A ball with 11 home runs so far this season, so I think a promotion is probably really close. Uh, Locklear could be a player. I might be wrong in having him down at nine. I just see a players above him with um, maybe higher upside, but Tyler Locklear a hitter. Um, would not shock me one bit if one of Gino or Ty France was not on the team in the beginning of 24 and Locklear was given a chance to win one of those jobs. Um, powerful guy, 6'1", 210. And then 10th, I have Walter Ford. The Mariners picked him in the, the I think, the competitive balance round in 2022. He was 74th overall out of a Florida high school. Uh, funny thing about him, his Twitter handle is Vanilla Missile. And that's, that's his nickname, which I, I find a little bit funny. Uh, Ford, six, three, one Uh Fastball slider right now. You're not really trying to teach him much else. He will have a changeup eventually, I think, but you know, changeups are usually the last thing to come for a high schooler. Your typical, you know, low first, high second round, uh, big arm that's projectable um, no way to really know whether Walter Ford is going to even make the major leagues but he's got the arm to mold for the Mariners and I trust the Mariners to be able to do that so that's the top 10 um, I've got second baseman Michael Arroyo who's 18 Taylor Dollard who is a fringy uh, kind of middle relief number five starter um, 24 years old in triple a and uh Axel Sanchez, shortstop, and high A for the Mariners, who's 20, as the next three prospects on that list. Don't be surprised to see Arroyo, Dollard, or Sanchez get traded either. They're names that have come up in discussions. Once again, uh, from 1 to 10, Harry Ford, catcher, is number one. Jonathan Clase, outfielder, two. Felneen Celestin, three. Cole Young, four. Number five, Gabriel Gonzalez, number six. Lazaro Montes, Seven Emerson Hancock, eight, Prelander Baroa, nine, Tyler Locklear, and ten, Walter Ford. Um good to know the system. Again, you can rank this system of the Mariners below twenty. I'm telling you right now, some of those uh those guys kind of in the Celestan, Cole Young, Gabriel Gonzalez, Lazaro Montes, that group, that group is is dope. And there's a ton of talent there. Um, Cole Young should have been a higher pick than 21. Uh, Just, just watch and watch how they're valued by uh, other major league teams. If there is a trade that involves those guys, I'm telling you the Mariners are going to get a bat back. So thanks for listening. Uh, That was my Mariners top 10 prospect breakdown. Uh, This was the Mariners cast. We are presented by sports ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Jr. Twenty and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E T H O S M A R I N E R S. Enjoy the Mariners' weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays. Tonight's starting pitching matchup is as good as it gets: Shane McClanahan against Bryce Miller. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the weekend again. My name is Tino. This is the Mariners Cast from Sports Ethos. Take care, y'all. Peace.